Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Friday. February 17th, 2023. This is Shannon. And tonight I'm here with Christine, Robin, Stacy, and Georgina. And we are discussing some of our most anticipated releases of March. March is a month full of good books. And I'm super excited for you to hear about some of the things that we are talking about tonight. So, we shall get started with the housekeeping information. Then Stacy will start us off with her first book, followed by Georgina, me, Christine, and lastly, Robin. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Book Bistro podcast. Once there, you can post to our timeline. You can also message us privately. If you want a more social interaction, you can join our Facebook listener group, which is pretty quiet at the moment, though we are looking at some ways of possibly revamping it. If Facebook is not your thing and you still would like to hang out with us, check us out on our WhatsApp group. You can subscribe to that either by messaging us through Facebook or by sending us an email and one of us will be happy to add you. If you're looking to get a hold of us via email, you can do that by contacting the Book Bistro Podcast at gmail.com. I have been waiting for this book to come out, my first book of the evening, for I don't know, it feels like about five years, but I think it's maybe about five months when I first saw it. And I said to Shannon, OMG, did you see the T. Kingfisher release for 2023? And I don't remember what she said. I just remember that I've been waiting with bated breath to be able to A, talk about this book and B, to read it because I, I love the title, but not the synopsis. Yes. Well, it's the title on its own is good enough. And then you add in the synopsis and it's just, she writes these great horror books. So tonight I'm talking about a house with good bones and it is by the amazing T Kingfisher who just writes very broadly across multiple genres. So this book is about Sam and Sam is on her way home to North Carolina to visit her mother because her brother called her and said, you know, mom seems a little off. And that oh. sounds funny to Sam because, you know, that's not been her experience with their mother. And she pushes those words away because she's so excited as she's driving home thinking about <clears throat> this extended vacation with her mom and just this visit. That's just the two of them. And she's picturing sitting on the couch at night, drinking box wine, which you, but anyway, drinking box wine and watching murder mystery shows together and guessing who the killer is way before the people on the show actually figure it out. And she is just so excited about this until her mom opens the front door of the family home. And instead of the, you know, kind of charming clutter warm, welcoming, charming clutter that her mom is known for. The walls are painted a stark white. It's very clean. <clears throat> and her mother is very jumpy, often like flinching 
when there's no sound at all and looking around rooms that seem basically empty. And Sam's kind of like, what, you know? And so she steps out into the backyard to kind of collect her thoughts a little bit. And, you know, she walks out toward the magazine worthy rose bush and to what, what to her wondering eyes should appear beneath this bush, but a jar of teeth. I said it. Mm-hmm. I said it. A jar of teeth. And Ew. I'm sure she had a pretty distraught moment. And then she looks up and there's like all these vultures like circling the garden. And you know what? Like, that's all I know about this book. But like, what else do you need to know? You go home to visit your mom. The house is all strange. And there's a jar of teeth in the garden. Like, what does that even mean? What kind yeah. of teeth? Are they animal teeth or people teeth, human teeth? Like what? I don't know. And like, what's going on in the house? Why are they saying the house has good bones? I don't know. And the only way we're going to know, I know. And the only way we're going to know the answer to this is if we all pick up the house with good bones. That's not right, is it? Oh, a house with good bones by T. Kingfisher that comes out on March 28th. And I cannot Cannot, cannot, cannot wait. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> you don't want to read about jars of teeth under the hedge? No, man. <laughs> Hedgehogs Ooh. are supposed to be in the hedge, not teeth. My first book of the evening is The Sister Effect by Susan Mallory. Finn McGowan is raising her niece and she's determined that her niece will not grow up the way she did when her mother, Sloan, abandoned her and her sister with their grandfather. But Sloan has decided that she wants to reconnect with her daughter, Finn. And Sloan, uh, Finn is not sure that she wants any of that. Um, this looks interesting. I can't wait to try it. I do like Susan Mallory. This comes out March 7th. And this is the sister effect. So one thing that struck me, you know, I've never read Susan Mallory, but I know that Kristen really likes her. Um, And this looks like another one of those books that has the really complicated family dynamics. Yes. But also like that, you know, bit of romance thrown in um, from kind of a a source that we don't know. Like we don't know who Finn falls for, but you kind of know based on, you know, who Susan Mallory is and what she writes that you'll have that to look forward to. All right. So my first book tonight has one of my favorite titles of 2023 so far. And this is Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers by Jesse Q. Sutanto. And this comes out on March 14th. If you have not read Jesse Q. Sutanto, I really need to know what you're waiting for, because when she burst onto the scene with a dial A for aunties, (laughs) I became pretty sure that my world would never be the same. And it's so true. So this book is a standalone, and it is, in case you could not guess from the title, about Vera Wong, 
And she is an elderly woman who lives above her tea shop in the middle of Chinatown in San Francisco. And her life is very regimented. She has this schedule that she keeps to. And she feels like her life is pretty fulfilling. At least that's what she wants people to believe. She is not lonely. No, no, no. She spends her time running her tea shop, but also using the internet to spy on her son, who is not like, very dutiful and doesn't pay her the attention that she thinks she deserves. Now, one morning, she comes downstairs and she finds a dead body just laying in her shop. This is bad. So she calls the police because that's obviously what you should do. But Vera knows that the police won't take this very seriously at all. And she's pretty sure that she will do a better job of solving this crime than they will. So she sort of kind of takes a piece of evidence that she finds near the body and just tucks it into her apron and Uh decides that she's not going to tell anyone about this. So as the book goes on, you see Vera trying to figure out who murdered this person. But what's even more compelling, I think, than the actual mystery and and hijinks that Vera gets up to is the sense of found family that we will we will see here. Um, I have read an early copy of this and it is everything I have come to expect from Jesse Q. Sutanto with a dose of like found family that I haven't seen in her books before and it was such a lovely addition so there are these it's kind of a disparate group of people who start coming into the restaurant or to the tea shop and vera begins to form relationships with them but at the same time she also kind of thinks that each of these people could be the killer and so she doesn't quite know you know what she's going to do about that but Will she have to you know, turn one of these people over to the police? Because eventually the police are going to have to get involved with this, right? Right. Or at least we hope so. So this is such a delight from start to finish. Utanto has quickly become one of my very favorite autobi authors. And this is Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers by Jesse Q. Sutanto. And it comes out on March 14th. It's almost here. Everyone else can almost read it. Good, because I want to. Oh, it's so delicious. I love it. So my first book of the evening is Her Lost Words by Stephanie Marie Thornton, and it comes out on March 28th. And I'm really excited about this book. I think it could be cool. Um, it is a book about a mother and daughter. Mary Wollstonecraft was um, a meek kind of child at first. She always wanted to disappear because she had a father who was prone to very violent rages, and she did not like them. But instead of disappearing, she transformed herself into a very radical author. And she wrote The Vindication of Rights of Woman. And 
in this book, she dared to propose that women are equal to men. And this did not go over real well in 1792. A lot of men especially did not like this. And eventually she uh, gives birth to a daughter, but she dies uh, from fever during the uh, after childbirth. So she never knows her daughter. And her daughter is uh, Mary Shelley. Well, she becomes Mary Shelley after she gets married, but she's Mary. And as a little child, she learns to read by tracing her mother's tombstone. So she traces the letters that were written on it. doesn't say what they are, at least not in the synopsis. But she teaches herself to read. She really misses her mother's guidance. And she sort of has this fleeting affair and gets uh, elopes with... Percy Shelley, and then she eventually ends up writing Frankenstein. So, yeah, so this book um, explores how she gets to know her mother, even just through, you know, even though she doesn't ever know her personally, how she gets to know her, how she learns about secrets from her past, and how she uses some of that knowledge and writes Frankenstein. So I just think this is a cool look at, at two women that I don't know much about at all, but who sound really awesome. That is Her Lost Words by Stephanie Marie Thornton, and it comes out on the 28th of March. Ooh, at the very end of the month. Just very like- end, yeah. Just like Stacy's books, all of my books. Yeah, I um, I read Frankenstein when I was in high school, and um, I have a very, very strong visceral response to aspects of the story, and um, I was very passionate while I was reading it and discussing it in class. I'll never forget that. Um, and I hate Victor <laughs> Frankenstein with. The passion of all the fiery sons. Like, I just really do not like him. But I really do like the monster quite a bit. Um, So that kind of tells you what kind of person I am. So the first book I'm looking forward to in March, I've had it pre-ordered for quite a while now, is A Sinister Revenge, Veronica Speedwell Mysteries, book number eight by Deanna Rayborn. So, you know, if you have not read any Veronica Speedwell books, you might want to not listen to this too closely, but I will try to not give any spoilers. Um, This book comes out on March 7th. I'm really, really looking forward to it. When we left our fair Veronica at the end of the last book, her partner, Stoker, took off for Bavaria as he was having some issues with their relationship and he needed some space. So Veronica is also traveling at the beginning of this book now, and she connects with Stoker's brother. So Veronica and Stoker's brother Tiberius are also traveling And through a series 
of events that I'm not quite clear on, all three of them end up going back to England. Because, and here I quote from the synopsis that we are given for this book, Tiberius has received a cryptic message along with the obituaries of two recently de deceased members of his old group of friends, the Seven Sinners. This warning is that he should get his affairs in order. Realizing he is in grave danger, but not knowing why, he plans a reunion party for the remaining sinners at his That's family. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> he plans a dinner party at his family estate for these sinners to lure the killer out while Veronica and Stoker investigate. Because Veronica and Stoker are really good at investigating. So as the guests arrive and settle in, the evening's events turn deadly. More clues come to light, leading Veronica, Stoker, and Tiberius to uncover a shared past among the sinners that has led to the fatal present. Ooh. But the truth might be far more sinister than what they were prepared for. So I'm really looking forward to this. I love these books. They're really well written. They're clever. They're funny. They are period appropriate, late Victorian, but they are also progressive. Veronica is a researcher of butterflies, and she is definitely a self-made woman and very self-possessed and not at all stodgy. But then we also do get, you know, the kind of highbrow stuff because Tiberius is actually Lord Templeton Vane. I believe oh. he's a, a Viscount of some sort. And so it's just really, really fun. The very funny, well-written. It's just going to be tremendous fun to curl up in bed with the audiobook and see what kind of trouble they all get into. So again, that's A Sinister Avenge, Veronica Speedwell, number eight by Deanna Rayborn, and it's out on March 7th. And the audiobook narrator for these is amazing. I love her so, so much. She is fantastic. You have not read these books, though, right? So I've read the first one. Mm. Um, and I need to continue. My second book of the evening is one I've been looking forward to with great anticipation since I read the first book in the series back in 2021. So this is the Lair of the Wolven series by um, my very favorite author in the history of all, and that is J.R. Ward. And uh, the new book that's coming out, which is book two, is called Forever. And it's Lair of the Wolven, book two by J.R. Ward. And it comes out on March 28th, as do all of my books. I have a while to wait. 
And I'm not going to go into, this is a sort of continuation of book one. Usually J.R. Ward writes um, books with uh, kind of overarching uh, plot that kind of go from book to book with different um, lead characters, different main characters. But uh, this book is going to be a continuation of Claimed. And so I don't want to say too much about this book because I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't read Claimed yet. So what I will tell you is the series is about Lydia and she um, is a scientist. She's very passionate about preserving areas um, where wolves live and protecting that sanctuary. Um, and issues arise with that because of um, a villainous hotel chain that wants to come in and develop the land where the wolf sanctuary is. And so she is put into, she's put in danger by this. Um, and this man who's new to her project um, kind of comes in and saves the day and saves her life. And they, and his name is Daniel Joseph, which I think is a funny name. Um, <clears throat> and the two of them develop a relationship with each other, but Daniel has been keeping multiple secrets from Lydia, but Lydia has been keeping a giant ass secret from Daniel as well. And so the end of book one leaves us on a bit of a cliffhanger with Lydia and Daniel kind of having shared their secrets. And now they're in this sort of place where one of them needs to find their wolven clan. So shifter wolves. And one um, of them is dealing with some pretty significant things. They have a, a shadowy benefactress who I do not entirely trust. And now in book two, Daniel's boss may be after them, um, his old boss from his past. And so this book is a continuation of that story, as I said, and that's all I'm going to say about it, because like I said, I, I, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to reading more of Lydia and Daniel's story in Forever, Lair of the Wolven, book two by J.R. Ward. And it comes out on March 28th. So I have about 55 years to wait for it. <laughs> My second book of the evening is Loyalty by Lisa Scottolini. Yes. Is that how you? Mm -hmm. This comes out March 28th. A lot of books seem to come out then. Um, it does seem that way. So Franco lives on a lemon farm. That's what it says on the synopsis. I don't know what a lemon farm is, but. Um, <laughs> Place where lemons grow. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very sour anyway um <laughs> they he wants something that he will do anything to get out of there so he decides that he's going to kidnap a child named danny and because yeah, that's a good idea yeah right to, <laughs> to get out of your um yeah that never works yeah and meanwhile, a lawyer decides that he is going to find the boy and find the reason he was kidnapped and make whoever took him pay. Now, this, there is a young mother who's just given birth and 
has to the synopsis is kind of weird and confusing because it talks about how she um, hides a Jewish man and has to come to terms with all these three stories or all these three people and how they interact and how the kidnapping of Danny changes history. Um, I don't know much more than that. Sadly, the synopsis wasn't very clear, but this looks a typical um, suspenseful Lisa Scarlini book. This comes out, this is Loyalty. This comes out March 28th. But this one, it's like a weird sort of intersection between like the mob and maybe World War II. I'm not, I was kind of confused by this synopsis when I read it, like sort of how everything yeah. ties together. Yeah, I'm not sure how how it's going to go but this looks um interesting i can't wait to try this one my second book tonight is by an author that is new to me this may be her debut but i'm not positive about that this is free radicals by lila reason it comes out on march 21st this is a young adult novel about a 16 year old girl named Mafi. She is entering her sophomore year in high school, and she has a secret. She is what she likes to call the ghost of her high school. And what this means is that she writes wrongs that people report to her. They leave notes for her in a tree. And while she's like trying to figure out, you know, well, technically, I guess she doesn't try to figure out who left them. She just figures out the best way to sort of write whatever wrong they've reported to her. Now, she has rules for how this is supposed to go. Like she's not supposed to get emotionally involved in the situation. She's never supposed to let it be known that she is actually this ghost. She's never supposed to involve the police. And this goes, you know, pretty well for her. It's kind of the thing that makes her feel like she's making a difference. Because if she knows anything, it is that life isn't fair. Her family immigrated from Afghanistan, and she feels kind of trapped by some of the social mores that her family expects her to follow. She doesn't have the freedom that her older brother has. She's constantly worried about the family members that are left behind in Afghanistan. And she just feels like if she can do some small things to make the world a little bit like closer to even, then she's doing the right thing. But something happens during her sophomore year and whatever this is puts everything at risk. Like even so much as like her family that is back in Afghanistan is somehow affected by this one thing that is left for her in a note in a tree. So this looks really, really good to me. I'm always interested in a good revenge story, um, you know, getting even, being kind of a vigilante. So this is definitely up my alley and I will be reading it just as soon as I can. It is Free Radicals and it is by Lila Reason. It comes out on March 21st. Yeah, that sounds cool. I'm going to check that out. Yes. We all need a little 
vigilance Revenge. justice. <laughs> <laughs> so my second book is Two Wars and a Wedding, which I kind of like as a title. I think that's kind of cool. It is a good title. Um, by Lauren Willig, who I also really like as an author. Yes. Um, it comes out on March 21st. In fact, each of my books go earlier. So this is the 21st and the next one will be the 14th. So I'm moving up in the month. Um, this is a dual timeline book, it says, but it's about the same character in different timelines of her life. And in the first one, it's September 1896. And uh, Betsy Hayes is an aspiring archaeologist just graduated from Smith University, and she goes to Greece, and she's trying to break into a very male-dominated field in archaeology, and she really wants to work on some of the world's most famous sites, and this is difficult. She uh, meets an unlikely ally, uh, Charles Baron de Robocourt. He is one of the few men that takes her passion seriously, and so he helps her, and while she's in Greece, the simmering conflict between Greece and per Turkey breaks out into, the, into a war, Ooh. and this, this uh, dig and site that she's working on turns into a battlefield, and she goes from being an archaeologist to tending the wounded which is not really what she was expecting and so she finds her heart pulled in multiple directions through this and in june 1898 there's a spanish-american war that begins and she's older now and wiser and she's searching for her former best friend, Ava, who she last saw in the uh, Greco-Turkey uh, War. And she joins the Red Cross because she thinks that that's where Ava went. That's what she did. Um, so she follows the Rough Riders with Teddy Roosevelt straight into the heart of the war. And is there as it intensifies. So when she enters the war zone, a lot of dark memories from the other war come up and she has to deal with that. And that's pretty much what I know. But it sounds like a good one to me. And that is a part of history that we don't read much about. And True. I don't know much about. It's not written. Uh, neither of those wars. So this is Two Wars and a Wedding by Lauren Willick, and it comes out on March 21st. I love Lauren Willick so much. Yeah. I haven't read a good dual timeline in a while, and this looks like it could be a very yeah, interesting... Yeah, it's not like a dual timeline. Not dual timeline, in, right. Well, it is. They call it that. and But it's, you know, <laughs> what we usually think of as a dual timeline. It doesn't go as far apart as that, but... It's kind of interesting, a dual timeline in the same life. <laughs> and also, yeah, it reminds I, me, yeah. um, The Summer Wives by Beatrice Williams did that. Yeah. And I love that a lot. So, mm -hmm. 
the next book I want to talk about is also one that I am really, really anticipating. So instead of talking about how much I want to read this book, I should probably tell you what it is. The Secret Lives of Country Gentlemen, the Doomsday Books, Book One, by K.J. Charles. And this is also out on March 7th. Spoiler alert, all of the books I'm talking about today are out on March 7th. I will be very busy. It's a good release day. So K.J. Charles is possibly my favorite romance author. Probably in my top 10 favorite contemporary authors. I started reading her work just about five years ago. K.J. Charles is the author who got me to start reading romance. Before Mm -hmm. then, yes, before then, my exposure to romance had been to books that were entertaining, but a little too fluffy for my needs and not quite as solidly written as what makes me very, very happy. But K.J. Charles convinced me that there were other possibilities. So I'm going to start talking about this book by reading the cover description. Because when I went to K.J. Charles's website to get the book synopsis, I saw that she had written out an image description for the cover. Yay! Indeed. So the cover is a dark blue background with elaborate old-style typeface for the title. Down one side, there are trees, wetland flowers, a fox, a snake. Down the other side, a running hare, a stream, a heron, more trees, all rather bare. In the center is a Romney Marsh farmhouse on very flat land. There are two figures, Gareth, a blonde gentleman in smart Regency dress, and Joss, who has brown skin, long black hair, wears dark gray black with a dark leather coat. Gareth and Joss are both squatting to inspect a stag beetle, but looking at one another. That just is such an amazing cover. It says so much. And knowing what I know of KJ's books, it sounds totally appropriate. So these two men, Gareth and Joss, Joss, pardon me, who are they? Well, Sir Gareth Inglis was abandoned by his father when he was a small child. And he has grown up to be prickly, cold, and well used to disappointment. Even so, he longs for a connection, 
falling headfirst into a passionate, anonymous affair that's over almost as quickly as it began. Bitter at the sudden rejection, Gareth has little time to lick his wounds. His father has died, leaving him the family title. Lucky him. A rambling manor on the remote Romney Marsh and the den of cutthroats and thieves oh. that, <laughs> that make its intricate waterways their home. I guess the intricate oh, waterways like of the mark. Smugglers, maybe? Yes, smugglers. Oh. I didn't know you liked smugglers. It's been a while since I've had a good smuggler book. They used to be much more popular, um, like in what I call the romances of my youth. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the um, advanced reviews for this book commented on the marvelousness of having a gentleman slash smuggler romance. Yes. So let's hear about Joss. He has run the Doomsday Smuggling Clan since he was a boy. His family is his life. So when the all-too-familiar new baronet testifies against Joss's sister for a hanging offense, Joss acts fast, blackmailing Gareth with the secret of their relationship, hoping to force him to recant. Their reunion is anything but happy, and the path forward is not smooth yet after the dust settles neither can stay away so there's going to be danger and mysteries and I'm guessing lots of misunderstandings and lots of yearning and probably some ill-advised kisses and more if I know anything about K.J. Charles and the way she writes. So this is going to be really exciting. I'm, I'm just a little bit giddy about this. So once again, that is The Secret Lives of Country Gentlemen by K.J. Charles. Out on March 7th. I will be pre-ordering this. You will. I will. My final book of the evening has what I find a title that really caught my attention um, before I even knew what the book was about. And this is Bad Mother by Mia Mm. Sheridan. And it comes out on March 28th. Now, Mia Sheridan used to write, and maybe still does, I don't know, but just these great, um, very emotional contemporary romances that I enjoyed. The Wish Collector is one of my favorites. 
And so when I found out that she was sort of branching off into more of like a romantic suspense slash thriller sort of like genre, I tried to be excited about that until the first one I tried to read by her had lots of dead rats and rats in general in it. And I, I could not, I just could not, maybe one day I'll, I'll find the bravery to read it, but I haven't yet. But a few months ago, I read Fallen for the podcast for the um, like creepy books episode. And it was so damn good that I was very, very excited when Shannon said I could talk about Bad Mother for this episode. And this book is about Sienna Walker. Now, the issue with Sienna is that she is an NYPD detective and there is a serial killer that continues to taunt her with a familiar connection that continues to haunt her. And Sienna Walker isn't having a really great time in her life because she was almost fired from the NYPD, um, which probably isn't the greatest thing to have happen in your career. But, you know, luckily for Sienna, she is offered another job, which would give her a second chance. But the part about this that she doesn't necessarily love is that it's back home in Reno, Nevada, where she has a broken engagement and some familial familial issues that she would kind of prefer not to think about. And so imagine her surprise and distress or whatever, some sort of strong emotion when she returns to Reno. And her very first case involves a serial killer who, along with leaving his victims, is leaving like journal entries and messages specifically to Sienna about crimes he says that his mother committed as a killer. And, you know, that is quite intense. But then in addition to this, he's just doing things that sort of target Sienna, including um, sort of uh, becoming interested in her ex-fiance. And so now she has to kind of deal with the fallout of all of this. And honestly, that's all I know about this book, but I'm hoping it's going to be really good. Um, I think it'd be quite creepy too have um, journal entries apparently written by a mother who also potentially was a serial killer back in the day. So I I have to read this to know what happens. And so this is Bad Mother by Mia Sheridan, and it comes out on March 28th. And in the long list of descriptors about this book, romance is between thriller and mystery and all of that. So I'm assuming there will be a romantic element to this book Um, And I'm really hoping for a good thriller because Fallen was quite a twisty tale. And I'm hoping for something a little bit twisty and creepy like Fallen was. So we shall see next month. My final book of the evening is called I Will Find You by Harlan Coben, which comes out March 14th. Now, David has a son, Matthew. And he goes to bed and wakes up to find that someone has killed his son while he's been Hmm. sleeping. That's bad. And the police do not believe that someone broke in and murdered his son. They accuse David 
they <clears throat> send him to prison and he's pretty much given up on life. The world has passed him by, years have passed when his sister-in-law, Rachel, shows him a picture and just barely in the background is Matthew. Now, David has suddenly realized that he needs to escape and find out what happened to his son <clears throat> and why someone wanted him behind bars. Um, this is I Will Find You by Harlan Coben, which comes out March 14th. This is your typical, probably Harlan Coben, never expect <clears throat> one way when, oh, when yeah. you think it's one way. It's totally always something else with Harlan Coben. Yes. And I feel like his last couple of books I haven't been super excited about, but this mm -hmm. one I really am. This one looks good. I haven't read yeah. one in a while. So my last book tonight is a fantasy romance Ooh. featuring lesbians. So many things. So this is The Faithless, Magic of the Lost, book two by C.L. Clark, and it comes out on March 7th. Now, I'm not going to tell you about The Faithless because that would be rude. So instead, I will tell you about Unbroken, which is the first book in the series. So this is set in an alternate kind of world. And we have two characters. One is Torin, and she is a soldier. She was stolen from her homeland as a child and forced to be in this army where basically her life is just meaningless except for her ability to fight and eventually die for the empire. She's not really a fan of this, but she's grown up this way. And this is the only life she knows. She doesn't really have any memories of her homeland, her family. And so this group of conscripts, which you know she spends her time with, is basically the only family she has. Now, this army is forced to return to her homeland to put down a rebellion. And when she starts working toward this goal, she meets Luca. Luca is, I guess, the, the rightful ruler of the empire from what I can gather. And she wants her uncle to be overthrown. Apparently he has stolen her throne and she wants to get it back. Now, she needs somebody to kind of be undercover in a way and commit treason against her uncle, who is sort of the, the ruler at this point. And so she and Torian kind of join forces somewhat reluctantly. And basically they are trying to secretly overthrow the government and get Lucas thrown back. Um, it talks about how this book moves from bedrooms to war rooms, which I think Ooh. is a very cool thing, um, especially since we're talking about women here. Um, this is one that has been on my radar for a while. I remember being pretty intrigued by it when The Unbroken came out a couple of years ago. 
And as is so often the case, I just said, okay, you know, I'll read this at some point. And then it came back once I saw that Faithless was coming out. I was like, okay, I really do need to read these now. So this one is Faithless. It's Magic of the Lost, book two by C.L. Clark. It comes out on March 7th. But if you, like me, haven't read the first book, then you'll want to start with The Unbroken, which is already out, obviously. <laughs> so my last book is, it's kind of interesting, uh, Georgina talked about I Will Find You. So now I'm going to talk about I Will Find You Again by Sarah Liu, which comes out on March 14th. I like the look of this. This looks like something I just want to grab and read right now. Um, so we are in Meadowlark, Long Island. We've got expensive homes and good schools. We've got ambition and loneliness. We have two women, young women, because this is a young adult uh, thriller. So we have two young women in high school. Um, Chase O'Hara and Leah Vestiano. One is a driven overachiever. One's an impulsive wanderer, like the future CEO and the free spirit. They've been best friends for years. They've had weekend trips, sleepovers on yachts. And then first love, true love. But Leah disappears, and Chase's life turns into a series of grim snapshots, anger and grief, running, pink pills in an Altoid tin, and she becomes part of a cheating ring in high school, heartbreak and lies. She discovers a catastrophic secret. And it changes the way that she has to look at Leah and at herself. And that's kind of what it says about this book. But it's enough. I want to read it. Wow. This is I Will Find You Again by Sarah Layou. And it comes out on March 14th. I want it now. This is a Brooke book, if ever I've seen one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And finally... I will talk about another book that comes out on March 7th. What Happened to Ruthie Ramirez by Claire Jimenez. I am really excited about this book. I first learned about it on a podcast, believe it or not. This book got a really, really great advanced review on the podcast. Annie, the podcaster and owner of a bookshop, said that this book is really full of pathos, but is also surprisingly funny. Surprisingly, given that it's about a family who lost a sister and daughter to disappearance. And it's about how they deal with this and how little attention the police pay to the fact that a young brown teenager 
is reported as having disappeared after trap practice. They write it off as her having run away or some other unsatisfying, inaccurate explanation. So this family has a lot to deal with. But the thing is that many years later, the sisters see a woman on a reality show who looks like Ruthie. Have I got your attention yet? So because they see this woman who looks like Ruthie, they decide that they're going to go on a road trip and they're going to go and bring her home. And maybe it's not a literal road trip, but it's a road trip. And then their mom hears about this and she decides that she's going to go with them. And then it turns into something kind of dramatic imagine apparently kind of funny and of course we're still left with the question is it Ruthie I mean her hair is dyed red she calls herself Ruby but the beauty mark under her left eye is instantly recognizable what do we do what who is this and so we're going to be seeing how Ruthie's disappearance affected the Ramirez family, affected the sisters as they grew up, affected the mother as she grew older. So it sounds like just a rambling family novel with so many different emotions, a little bit of mystery, a lot of love, a lot of cultural commentary, and it just sounds quite amazing in a early review, the author Jamie Ford describes this novel as hilarious, heartbreaking, and ass-kicking. I know, it sounds just really really exciting and it's a debut which is also exciting always happy to support debut authors and yeah. see what they have to offer us so this is what happened to Ruthie Ramirez by Claire Jimenez and it's out on March 7th I will definitely be keeping an eye out for this so this concludes our episode discussing some of our most anticipated March releases. Thank you so much to Stacy, Robin, Georgina, and Christine for joining me tonight. As always, Christine gets a double thanks for both her participation and her editing tonight. And of course, I say it so often, but it's something I can't say enough we would not have a podcast if people didn't listen to it. So thank you all so incredibly much for joining us each week as we talk about great books. Mm -hmm. 
If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Thank you.